on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 151. We've hit 5.01 p.m. Pacific time. The MLB trade deadline's over. Little underwhelming, but we're still going to talk about the 26 biggest trades that happened over the past week with grades for both sides. I'm excited, man. Yeah, a, a lot of moves, not a lot of crazy exciting moves. I was telling Skyler about an hour ago when we were talking that uh, usually every deadline you get a few people that are just kind of out of nowhere trades that you go, oh, crap, that, that's pretty exciting. And out of nowhere kind of you know gets a little bit of excitement within the fan, uh, regardless if you are a fan of that team or not. And I think the biggest trade that we had that was unexpected was Jake Berger. Uh, who has been great this year. I mean, he has 25 homers, but then again, it's not like a crazy big name or anything like that. We didn't get the, uh, I know Juan Soto was kind of expected to be traded, but that out of nowhere last year felt pretty crazy. So uh, I guess before we get into that in the 26 trades, we'll get started with our opener, Skyler. Why don't you go ahead and go first on yours? Yeah, uh, it's mainly baseball-focused episode, but I just want to, touch a little bit on some college football because well especially in the Pac-12 things are not going well uh there's already been confirmed we have USC and UCLA going to the Big 10 next year um but now there's even more we have Colorado and Arizona already locked in to go to the Big 12 which is kind of going to be the wild card conference and if Arizona goes that pretty much means Arizona State will follow cuz you have to have a, a rival follow with you and then Utah also wants to go there because BYU's in the Big 12. And it's 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 madness because the Pac-12 still won't go after schools like San Diego State, uh, Boise State, Fresno State. They're going to completely fall apart pretty soon. And it's only going to be three giant conferences in 2026 when Clemson and Florida State are done with the ACC. And that's all I got for you. Pac-12 is in danger, but things are going to be very exciting just in time for the 12-team playoff. Yeah, college football right around the corner. We've got, I believe, just a month, maybe a month and a week uh, until that first week, week zero hits, and we've got games throughout. So it should be exciting times for college football here in the upcoming weeks. I wanted to dip into something that wasn't sports-related and uh, kind of, you know, a little peek into the other life uh, that I live besides the podcast, uh, by some music and a movie that came out that I got to actually finally see recently. First off the music, Utopia, Travis Scott dropped a pretty solid album. I will say that I enjoy listening to it. Uh, if you like rap and Travis Scott, go ahead and give a listen. If you haven't already I'm gonna be honest, I thought this was the show with Zendaya that you no. were talking about. <laughs> no, that's euphoria. This is the Travis Scott. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Uh, Continue. Uh, and then I had Oppenheimer on here as well, too. Got to see that a couple nights ago. And very, very good movie. Three hours long is is quite some time, but I think it was well worth it to kind of get the uh, full picture of the story that they wanted to portray. The acting was amazing. Casting was a little interesting. Roderick. Uh, Josh, Josh Peck and Ro- Roderick were on there as, like, you know, rocket scientists type <laughs> dudes. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, and I will say one of the funniest things I've listened or had happen in a long time. So there's, 
you know, the scene where they're testing out the bomb and, you know, there's this big build down to it uh, or build up to it where it's like, you know, counting down. It goes like eventually three, two, one, and the whole thing it gets silent. The movie goes silent for like a minute or two while this, all this other stuff is going on and whatnot. But right as it goes three, two, one, there is this plus size child in front of us and he farted right as it went down to one. Oh boy. And I don't think I've laughed that hard in uh, in a couple years. So uh, pretty funny moment there. But that's not trade really? deadline talk, and nobody wants to hear about that shit. So hey, well, uh, it's trade that there's, trade there's room for the the movie review podcast episode. There's room for it in the future. We can get it in there one day. Yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead, and I know we got another thing to talk about before we get into trade deadline stuff. Uh, the player pitcher rookie of the week, which we re- renamed to the Otani pitcher rookie of the week. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll start with the rookie of the week. Uh, we'll go with Grayson Rodriguez, man. The, uh, the young starter in Baltimore struggled a whole lot the first time he got called up and, uh, he threw six in a third shutout with four K's against the Yankees. So, uh, he's getting back on track at the right time. Looks like. Yeah. Shout out Grayson on my fantasy team. Very good to see him starting to pitch in big leagues and pitch effectively because that's what I expect that out of him in the entire year. My rookie of the week, I went with Tristan Cassis, the first baseman yeah, for the Red for Sox, me. who has been raking in the second half, and he continued that last week, going 6-for-16 six with two homers and three RBIs. Looks like Boston has found themselves a new star first baseman in the 24-year, 24-25-year-old year 24 first baseman. The hits absolute nukes. Moving on to pitcher of the week, which ironically probably is Shohei Otani. Oh yeah, absolutely. His first career complete game shutout, uh, one hit, eight Ks, and he's also going to be the player of the week because a couple hours after that, he homered for the second time in the day. Uh, complete game shutout, two homer game, back to back, amazing. Uh, shout out Matt Olson. And Bobby Witt both had a ridiculous number of RBIs this week, but they just aren't the best player in baseball. So unfortunately miss out. They didn't throw a complete game shutout. <laughs> That's the thing for them. Yeah. Shohei, pitcher of the week, player of the week. Pretty easy for me. Uh, let's go to the numbers there. So I'm not going to go over them again. Yeah. And now it is time for perhaps the longest segment that we will ever do on the show. And it's reviewing 26 of the biggest moves that happened before this 2023 MLB trade deadline that just passed approximately two hours ago at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on August 1st. Worked out perfectly with our episode being on Tuesday and the deadline being on Tuesday. We didn't have to have like a half a week break uh, and then getting into the deals. All these deals are pretty much fresh for us, except for some of the ones that happened earlier. We'll get started with those. And the first one is going to be Kike Hernandez, the utility man, going back to the Dodgers for pitching prospect Justin Hageman and number 30 prospect now for the Red Sox, Nick Robertson, who's also a uh, reliever. So how do you grade this one? And uh, yeah, each team as well, too. Did you want me to start with the uh, the big piece or the however you want to talk return? about return? OK, well, we'll start with Kike Hernandez. Uh, obviously not a great season this year. I'm going to give him a C plus, not an F because the Dodgers have been doing it this year where they, they get these older guys who are struggling and uh, teach them how to hit again. 
So I, I still think it's possible. The return, the two relievers from Boston, Robertson, Hagenman, it's also a C plus. This is going to be one of those trades where, you know, we look back at the war and it's going to be identical for the sender and receiver. Yeah, Kike's been having a rough year this year. Six homers, 31 RBI, 61 WRC plus, uh, with the war of negative 1.4, which is extremely low this year. He's a free agent next year, so it is a rental for the Dodgers. Uh, however, the Dodgers do what they do, and they usually turn these guys back into, you know, impact players on their team. Uh, however, just for the face value of Kike right now, I'm giving him a C minus. I think usually if you do trade for a guy who's got a negative 1.4 war, you're looking at that D grade or even an F grade. I trust the Dodgers here. And so I give him a C minus as far as for Boston. I like Hageman, uh, 9.8 K per nine and triple a this year with the two, seven, eight ERA, uh, Robertson, Again, the uh, number 30 prospect now for the Red Sox. He's a fringe MLB player. I believe he's had nine games in MLB this year. Okay. It's an 11.3K per nine. So he's he's striking out a decent amount of guys, but the ERA is at 6-1 right now. He's been good in AAA. A couple guys that can turn into bullpen arms for the Red Sox. And I like those guys, especially when you're giving up somebody who's been terrible for your team. So I gave him a B plus. Okay. Uh, a light trade for both teams, though. You're not seeing any big movers going on there. Uh, and that brings us into our next trade, a reliever swap between Minnesota and Miami, where it went Dylan Floro for Jorge Lopez. Uh, I'm going to keep it simple here again. Uh, they're both getting C's. Awful first halves of the season for Lopez and Floro, but maybe the change of scenery can help. Both teams are in, in playoff hunts technically, so... Uh, we just got to wait and see. They're going to get C's for now because I can't give, you know, trading for a, a five ERA arm higher than that, you know. Yeah, I'll start off with Dylan Floro uh, and Minnesota's grade. This year, Dylan Floro's pitching 45 games, 9K per 9, 2.4 walks per 9, 4.39 ERA, which is pretty much average uh, as yeah. far as that stuff goes. However, Floro's been good in the past at 3.31 career ERA. Uh, is a rental, so he's a uh, free agent next year. I give it a B, average stuff there. And then Jorge Lopez is a bit of a more interesting side of this trade. Uh, 39 games this year, the 6.8 K per nine is something to watch for. Uh, walking, not a ton of people, 2.9 walks per nine, but the 4.86 ERA array and a 5.84 FIP is something that kind of concerns me. He does have the higher upside, uh, I would say, because when you look at last year and what Jorge Lopez was. He's an all-star. He was really damn good. Uh, but once he got to Minnesota, it all changed. So hopefully pitching in Miami. I think he is – I'm pretty sure he's Puerto Rican and uh, grew up in Miami or something like that. So he's from the area at least. He's arbitration next year and then UDFA uh, in 2025. So gets about a year and a half in Miami. I give it a B-. minus. However, It can turn out to be a very solid trade for, for Miami if – Jorge Lopez returns to his 2022 form. Next one is our first decently big trade where Lucas Gilito and Reynaldo Lopez go to the Angels for number six prospect now for the White Sox, Kai Bush, and number two prospect, switch hitting catcher, Edgar Cuero. Yeah, I'm going to give the Angels a B-plus for this one. Giolito and Lopez both have been... We'll say above average this year. They're they're good arms. They're better than what the Angels have. And the, the big theme for the Angels this offseason is they realize they're dangerously close to losing Shohei Otani. They have to do something. 
These guys don't strike me as arms that are going to stay there for a whole lot of time. But the B-plus, I think, is a reasonable grade. The White Sox, though, are going to get an A. The big-time prospects, Edward Cuero, the catcher, not in the future of the Angels, and left-handed pitcher Kai Bush. Um, more of a question mark, but I'm sure you got his numbers. I'm still going to give him an A because, um, you know, <laughs> look at some of the other White Sox moves. They didn't get much back for their players. This one, they got some some high-quality names. Yeah, starting off with Giolito, I believe he has the most innings pitched out of anybody that's got traded this year with 126. 9.7K per nine, 3.1 walks per nine, 3.85 ERA, and a 4.55 FIP this year. Giolito has been off and on, I would say, this year, but I think I think off and on in his career, but this year he's been a bit more level where he's not having as many ups and downs, and I think that's something that brings a lot of value to the Angels uh, we're just being a level-headed starter or something that they need. Reynaldo Lopez, uh, 45 games this year and 11.6 K per nine is something that you got to fall in love with. However, he does walk a ton of guys at 4.8 walks per nine. Uh, but like I've said in the past, if you're going to strike out more guys, it kind of gives you more leniency on being able to walk more guys. Uh, he's gotten more into that three true outcome spot this year where he's walking more and striking out more guys than he has any other year in his career. And it's led to a 4.0 ERA this year. Both those dudes are rentals. So they will be free agents at the end of the season. I like the move for the angels. I'm giving them an a, uh, cause I think okay. Giolito brings a lot of, uh, presence to that rotation and, and a bit more depth for them. When I look at the white Sox, I'm not in love with the prospects as much as you are Skyler. Uh, like I said, the number six prospect for now, Chicago, Kai Bush, 23 year old, uh, left-handed starter. Who's been in double a this year, only seven games started. So he's been, been injured 29 innings pitched 11 K per nine is good, but the 4.8 walk per nine and a six ERA is something that kind of concerns me. He has solid off-speed stuff, but his fastball doesn't really stick out to me at all. Uh, so maybe a, you know, bottom end of the rotation type guy would uh, would be something I project him as. Uh, and then Edgar Cuero, uh, 65 ranked MLB prospect in the MLB, according to pipeline, 20 year old switch hitting catcher in double a only has three homers in 321 plate appearances this year, but his 17.1% walk rate is something that stands out leading to his 104 WRC plus, which is just above average. The power is down from last year though. So, 17 homers last year. Maybe that's something that, uh, you know, led him again to being the 65th ranked prospect in all of them will be this year. I give it a B for the White Sox. I think these guys are solid. Uh, nothing too crazy. But again, for the Angels, Cuero didn't really work out for them with uh, Logan O'Hoppy and Max Stassi still being under contract for next year as well, too. So uh, I think both these teams are solid. Uh, I, I give the slight edge to the Angels, though. Moving on to a one-for-one one that didn't make a ton of sense, uh, and that's Ahmed Rosario going to the Dodgers for Thor. Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, they're both going to get Ds, man. Uh, I mean, you can make it make sense if you think about it for long enough. Uh, Cleveland obviously needs another arm, but Syndergaard didn't last his first game. Uh, he got hit with a comebacker, unfortunately. Got taken out. Uh, and Ahmed Rosario, I'm not a big fan either that's also a d but the dodgers you know they need a shortstop they can turn these i guess down season guys around um but i just don't buy it 
Yeah. Uh, starting off with Ahmed Rosario. He's got a negative 14 defensive run save this year, so he's been terrible on that front. And only three homers, 5.3% walk rate doesn't stand out with an 18.5% K rate. 88 WRC plus again. Not good there. I think when you're the the Dodgers and you're looking for a shortstop to upgrade at the deadline, we've had Miguel Rojas and guys like that playing the entire year, especially with Gavin Lux being out for as long as he is. I don't think Ahmed Rosario was the guy for that. I think they should be aggressive in free agency or offseason trades because they have so many prospects. But this was not the move, in my opinion. Rosario is a rental, uh, so he's a free agent after the season. But I give it a D for L.A., uh, and then for Syndergaard, I give Cleveland a D as well, too. He's been terrible this year. The 5.6K per nine is not something that you're looking for. 1.8 homers per nine, so he's given up a ton of homers. 6.7 ERA. Average fastball velocity, 92.9, is by far the lowest of his career. He's a free agent in 24 as well, too. Didn't make a ton of sense for the Guardians. I think when you look at some of the other moves as well, trying to get, I would say, I don't know if it's a re rebuild but a retool will probably be a better way to yeah. say say it and no Syndergaard really didn't fit the bill for that so i give them a d as well too uh and that takes us to our fifth trade now where carlos santana heads to the division rival milwaukee brewers for johnny severino 18 year old shortstop prospect santana's been really good this year i'm gonna give the brewers a b minus you know not sure exactly where he would fit in the lineup but They'll find a spot. Milwaukee always just is missing a couple bats every offseason. I guess, sorry, postseason. They're missing a couple bats for their run, and that's what they were going after. Uh, Severino to Pittsburgh, uh, slightly higher, a B rating. Unranked uh, Dominican shortstop, like you were saying. And that's all I know, really. But for a guy who's nearly 40, to get a decent prospect back is a win, in my opinion. Yeah, Carlos Santana, and I think when you look at some of the stuff that Pittsburgh's done this in the offseason of bringing some guys in and flipping them, I think they did a really good job in that. And Carlos Santana is going to bring some stuff to Milwaukee. 99 WRC plus is right around average. Uh, 13 homers this year, the 1.0 war, seven defensive runs saved at, yeah. seven defensive runs saved at first base this year. Uh, solid deal for Milwaukee. Santana, of course, free agent in 24. Uh, so rental, I give it a B for Milwaukee. And then when you look at what they got back, this kid, Johnny Severino is obviously a long ways away, not even in the top 30 for Pittsburgh, 18 year old shortstop, right-handed hitting, of course, right-handed throwing complex league in Arizona or Florida. I forget which, uh, what spring training the brewers are on, but, uh, 52 plate appearances has four homers and five stolen bases. So 92 WRC plus. Biggest thing for Severino is his 60 grade raw power and his 50 game or 50 grade game power, according to fan graphs. So he's got a bit, bit of pop in the bat for the young shortstop. And I give Pittsburgh a B for this as well, too. So pretty average stuff on both sides. But I think Carlos Santana might give that slight edge. So while they're both B's, maybe an 86 percent for uh, the Brewers yeah. and 83 an percent for the, the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right. Moving on to the next trade. One of the many trades Miami made over the this trade deadline probably made the most moves out of anybody. I don't have the exact count here, but uh, David Robertson, closer for the Mets, heading over to Miami, of course, for Ronald Hernandez, who's a switch hitting catching prospect, only 19 years old. And Marco Vargas, the 18 year old left handed hitting infielder, 
Uh, both of those guys both go on uh, New York's top 30 prospects. How do you think this trade goes down? So Miami's going to get an A for David Robertson. I love it. They went all in. Again, another uh, interdivisional trade. A little confusing, but it happens now. It's That's just how it works. They're more interested in, in making deals than being friends and being enemies. So they, they get an A. They did it. They went for it, man. And again, they, they made more moves, too. We'll talk about. So we'll move on to the Mets side. Uh, slightly lower B+, plus because I, I usually trust the arms more than the, the hitting prospects. Marco Vargas, number seven prospect now in the Mets system, is the infielder you were talking about. And the, the catcher, Hernandez, I have no idea. We just got to wait and see. Um, But refilling, retooling that that prospect pool, the Mets GM said they want to attack again in 2026. They're going to try to retool around the massive contracts they've already given out. So uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Starting off with Miami, David Robertson, been the closer in New York this year, has 15 saves in 41 games, 9.8K per nine and 2.6 walks per nine. Solid numbers. 2.0 2.0 year rate and the 3.54 FIP are solid as well, too. He's slightly outperforming his expected stats, so we might see a little bit of regression in the second half, but not too much. Uh, of course, free agent in 24, so it is a rental. Uh, I gave Miami a C-plus for this deal. I like Robertson, oh. but I love the prospects that the Mets are getting uh. back here, starting off with Ronald Hernandez, 19th-ranked prospect in the Met system, uh, he's also a 19-year-old switch-hitting catcher. Uh, 143 played appearances in the Complex League this year in Florida for the Mets. The 150 WRC plus with the 479 on-base percentage are some things that stick out to you. However, in those Complex Leagues, you do see a lot of walks and a lot of guys who aren't throwing a ton of strikes. So maybe that is something we take with a grain of salt. Uh, but looks to be solid off to a good start over there in Florida with the 50 grade hit tool and 55 arm and fielding, according to pipeline. Uh, and then Marco Vargas, who is the headliner of the steal. Uh, when you look at what they have him in the system, only 18 years old, left-handed hitting infielder, 167 plate appearances in the complex league in this year, uh, 145 WRC plus, And again, a 456 on base percentage with the 55 hit hit tool, according to pipeline, I think when we see a lot of these trades this year, you see a lot of the uh, younger guys, complex league guys, Dominican summer league guys who are getting traded. And we don't see that too often when you look at the deadline deals. And those deals are sometimes the deals that come back to completely buy the team in the future. Cause those dudes are really, I wouldn't say question marks, but we don't know much about them as we do with these guys who are in double A AA and triple A and have a bit more projectability with certainty uh, for those guys. Uh, Vargas and Hernandez, they could be studs for all we know. They're super, super young. And if they fit well in New York, they could be, this could be a deal that we look back at in five, six years and say, holy shit, they traded David Robertson for these guys. So I give the Mets a B plus. Then again, these dudes could just be busts and not be in the MLB at all. And Miami gets a closer or however they want to use Robertson that helps bring him to the playoffs. So uh, I think they did good. For New York, uh, and for the immediate stuff, I think Miami did decent as well, too, giving them a C plus. Moving on to another trade with the Dodgers and another trade with the White Sox. Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly go to L.A. for Nick Nestrini, Jordan Leisure, and Trace Thompson. The Dodgers getting Lynn and Kelly is is pretty big. Uh, it's a B-minus because they haven't been very good. 
but they're two guys who have logged in a lot of postseason innings. They know what it's all about. I, and the Dodgers missed out on Eduardo Rodriguez. We haven't even talked about that yet. That was unfortunate. He wants to stay on the East Coast, uh, so he went nowhere. Uh, and the White Sox. Trace Thompson, we don't have to talk about him, uh, but the right-handed pitcher, Nick Nestrini, he's going to be the number four guy in the White Sox organization. Um, I think that that right there is, is enough to give him a B-plus for me. And Jordan Leisure, too, an unranked guy, but um, you just got to get get bodies if you're Chicago. And um, maybe I, I look just like these guys more than I like the Mets guys, but I have them winning the straight of the Dodgers. Yeah, I'll start off with the Dodgers and Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly and wh- what those guys bring to the to the Dodgers team. Lance Lynn making his debut tonight against the A's, so I guess that is something we'll to talk about. In. 119 innings pitched is, again, one of the top lines as far as innings pitched out of any guy that got traded this year. 10.8K per nine, 3.4 walks per nine. The 2.1 homers per nine is kind of what's been costing Ms. ERA this year, which is a 6.47. It's expected ERA, though, when you look at some of the, uh, I guess, extra velocity, launch angle, and all that stuff, is a 4.84. So he should get a lower ERA in the second half than a 6.47. Club option in 24 and a UFA in 2025. Joe Kelly back in L.A. for the second time. 32 games pitched this year. The 12.9K per nine is something that stands out. He will walk some guys with the four walks per nine this year. Uh, the 3.27 FIP is something that stands out. Obviously, you're going to see a lower FIP for a lower FIP for a lot of the guys who strike out a ton. Strikes out a ton of guys because it's fastballs. Average 99.1 miles per hour this year, which is almost near the top in the big leagues. Uh, club option again in 2024, and then UFA in 2025, just like Lance Lynn. I think this is a solid deal for the the Dodgers. This is a deal where they're not really looking to start Lance Lynn in, say, game one, two, or three in the playoffs, but they're looking to help him get through the regular season and help him win the division. Uh, I give it a C-, minus just because I'm not a huge fan of these guys. I don't know if they're going to have a great second half, but uh, I like what the White Sox did, and I'll get into those guys right now. Nick Nestrini, who's a 23-year-old right-handed starter in A this year, Uh, Number four prospect now for the White Sox, like Skyler said, 17 games started, 73 innings pitched with a 10.4K per nine. Uh, His 4.03 ERA this year is okay, but I'm not really too big into ERA for for minor leaguers, more into are you striking guys out? Are you walking a ton of guys? And I think Nestrini fills in decently there. Strikes out a ton of guys because he has a 65 grade fastball. And that's something that's really standing out to him. Jordan Leisure towards the bottom uh, as far as ranking those guys. Not not a huge top 30 guy. Ranks at 26 according to Pipeline. 24-year-old right-handed reliever in double-A. So you're not going to see this guy be in the rotation. In 29 games, he has a 14.4K per nine with a 4.1 walks per nine and a 3.01 year race. So with the 14 walks per nine, they're only walking four. That's completely okay. And the reason why he's striking out so many dudes is he has an 80-grade fastball, and he has the ability to pump it by guys. So this could be somebody that we see in the back end of Chicago's bullpen for a long time. And Trace Thompson here as well, too. I didn't have any notes about him because we pretty much yeah. know everything about him. He's not going to be anything crazy here. Maybe a 26-type guy on your big league roster or a dude who kind of helps you win a championship in AAA or something like that. So – uh 
I give the White Sox an A in the steal. I think they, for what they gave up, they got a decent amount of stuff back, uh, and they handled that one pretty well. Next up is another guy who returned to a former team that he was on. It's Kendall Graven going back to Houston for the catching prospect. Is he actually considered a prospect anymore? I don't really know. Uh, it's Corey Lee. Yeah, this was a, a tough one to grade for me because obviously Graveman helped them win the World Series last year. He's familiar there, but it, it, it's a little risky uh, to bring him back. So I gave it a B. Corey Lee, again, it, it's we don't really know what he is. I guess he's not ready for the bigs yet. He is 23. Uh, he still has time, but he's going to be the the slightly higher ranked B plus grade from me. Um, good for the White Sox getting something in return because you know Graveman wasn't coming back. Uh, I'm okay with it. Yeah, starting off with Graveman, eight saves this year, 46 games pitched, the 8.6K per nine doesn't stand out, especially when you have a 4.2 walks per nine. Ball in play, he's been good, though, only 243 Babbitt this year uh, with a 3-4 ERA. Free agent in 2025, so you get another year with him under contract for sure. Uh, I give Houston a B minus for the steal. I, I I like the deal on their side. Corey Lee doesn't stand out to me too much. Uh, only 12 games in the MLB in 2022, and in 2023 he has not been great. Only five homers and 302 plate appearances with a 75 WRC plus. When you look at his fan graph ratings, he's supposed to have this 55 grade raw power. We're not seeing that this year. However, he's a good fielder behind the plate, 55 grade fielding. Uh, and I think this trade makes sense for Houston the most because of the breakout of Yainer Diaz and having the ability to trade a guy who was a, a former top prospect in your system like Corey Lee. I give the White Sox a C. I've been a big fan of some of the guys that they've gotten back in these past trades. I wasn't a huge fan of this one here, though. Moving on to our first blockbuster of the trade deadline. That is going to be Max Scherzer heading to the Texas Rangers for Luis Angel Acuna, who is, of course, Ronald Acuna's little brother. Oh, yeah. Uh, Texas is going to get an A for Max Scherzer. You know, the recent postseason success hasn't been quite there since the Washington days of Max Scherzer. But this is the kind of guy you need if you're serious about going on the run. Because, you know, we've already seen it. The starters Texas had before this deadline weren't going to make it all the way to October. So I love it. It's an A. Uh, Acuna, on the other hand, a little riskier. He's going to get a B. Obviously, a polarizing prospect, but you know, there's an equally good chance he gets to the bigs and can't hit there. So, Texas is going to win the trade. Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting that we saw one for one in this deal. That's not something that we see too often when we see these bigger players in the MLB move. Uh, but Max Scherzer. Going to the Rangers, 107 innings pitched this year, 10.1K per nine, 2.5 walks per nine is solid. 4.01 ERA is not really something that we see too often. For Max Scherzer, it's actually his highest ERA since 2011. He had a player option for 24, but through the trade, they exercised that option. So he will be there in Texas at least until the offseason of 2025. So they have him for this year and next year for sure. Uh, I give Texas a B for it. I think we're going to start to see Scherzer slowly kind of regress a little bit. However, mm-hmm. when you're in a race like this, you might be able to just pick it back up with the adrenaline. So I think uh, a crazy guy like Scherzer could work out for them perfectly. Could not as of right now. I think it's kind of average for this the guy that you gave up. Uh, and I give him a B. 
Luis Angel Acuna, number two ranked prospect now in the Mets system. MLB's number 44 ranked prospect, according to Pipeline. It's only a 21-year-old middle infielder, and he's already in double A. 402 plate appearances this year with seven home runs and 42 stolen bases. He has a 121 WRC plus, so he's been solid. Uh, 60 grade speed and 55 grade raw power is something that we'd like to see there, kind of like his brother. Except for not fully like his brother because his yep. brother's doing that in the big leagues and in a ton of homers. But uh, I think this this Hall, I guess if you want to call it, since it's only one player, you can call it something different. Player back, whatever. Uh, it makes a bit more sense for the Mets because uh, I think in New York, obviously, you need to perform or else you're going to get ridiculed a shit ton. And out of the guys that they got back, some of them were on different timelines than Acuna. And I think Acuna's timeline fits really well with like a guy like Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, who are building up a year of service time right now. And I think we should see Acuna probably by this time next year, if not earlier. Uh, and so I give the Mets a B plus for this one. I think this is a solid trade for them. All right. Uh, next one here, we have the flamethrower, Jordan Hicks going to Toronto. Uh, for Adam Kloppenstein and Sam Roberts, a couple interesting names there. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this one? I'm going to give uh, Toronto an A minus for bringing in Jordan Hicks. Uh, it's been really good stuff this year. You know, the whole starter experiment didn't work out, but he he's back where he belongs. Uh, Romano just hit the IL. It's perfect timing. Uh, I think this is going to be great for Toronto. Um, St. Louis, though, higher grade. Surprisingly, they're going to get an A for this. Two starters, Kloppenstein, Reverse, Reverse. They're yeah, both pitching very well in Double A. And again, I, I didn't write down the numbers. I know you have them, but these are guys who could be legitimate front end starters. And St. Louis needed a whole new pitching staff, so this was a perfect haul for them. Yeah. Uh, starting off with Jordan Hicks, eight saves this year, forty games pitched, twelve point seven K per nine is something that jumps out to you, of course. Uh, and with a 12.7 K per nine, you know, he's going to walk people at 5.2 walks per nine this year, 3.67 ERA solid, but the 3.01 FIP is something that really stands out to you. Uh, average flash ball velocity at 101 this year, uh, a bit lower than what it's been in the past, but I think he's kind of starting to control it a little bit better this year. Uh, the three 66 BABIP is something that you need to watch out for. He's been getting lit up when guys get the barrel on him because velocity doesn't fool as many people. Uh, but I think it's a solid trade a rental. He will be a free agent after the season. Uh, so I give it a B for Toronto. Moving on to the other side. When you look at St. Louis and their needs that they had going into this trade deadline, it was starters of the future. Uh, Mikolas isn't the youngest guy and Adam Wainwright, we know should be retiring here in the, in the Atlanta season. Uh, and some of the other guys on their team, you know, maybe aren't the best options when you look in the future. And I think they address that issue pretty solid here in this trade. Starting off with Adam Kloppenstein, who is the 23rd ranked prospect now in that St. Louis system. He's only 22 years old and already in double A as a starter. 89 innings pitched, 10.6 K per nine, 3.44 walks per nine, the 3.24 year race. So he's been solid this year. And then number six, uh, Prospect in the St. Louis organization now, Sem Roberts. Got to see if he's the only person to ever be named Sem, uh, if he makes the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, 21 years old, though. Uh, also in AA as a starter. 88 innings pitched, 8.7K per nine, 3.4 walks per nine with a 4.06 
Yeah, right. I see Roberts as more of a sure thing uh, as far as getting to the big leagues, uh, but I think Kloppenstein has a bit of a higher ceiling uh, when you look at all the things added up together. I like the deal for St. Louis. I like the needs that they addressed, and I give it a B plus. Moving on to our next deal of the St. Louis fire sale. It is Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton heading over to the Texas Rangers for John King, Thomas Seguizi, pretty interesting last name there, and Takoa Roby, another first name that might be a first if he makes the big leagues. So yeah. uh, what do you think of this one, Scott? Love this one for Texas. They're going to get an A- minus for Montgomery and Stratton. They needed arms, and they delivered at the deadline. This was exactly what they needed. Montgomery's been great. Stratton, not as great, but it's an arm. Uh, A-. minus. Uh, St. Louis, uh, I thought the return was a little worse than the, the past trade, which is understandable. But, uh, you know, the number four prospect now, Takoa Roby, uh, you know, scary numbers in AA last time I checked. Uh, but he still is highly ranked. And same with the Segezi, you know, not the numbers that, you know, jumped off the chart at you, but he's the number eight prospect now in St. Louis's system. So they're going to get a B plus because they needed uh, younger guys. That's what they did. John King also. also. Yeah. John King is another name that's in there. Uh, Starting off with what Texas got. Um, looking at Jordan Montgomery first, 21 games pitched, 121 innings. He's right up there with Chialito for most innings pitched. Uh, 8K per nine, 2.6 walks per nine, 3.42 ERA with a 44.4% ground ball rate. A 2.4 war this year for Montgomery. First time I've broken out that stat in this to this day, but uh, you'll see it a couple more times. Uh, free agent at the end of the year, so he's a rental. However, he is a guy who helps make your four or five starter in your rotation very solid. And he, again, might not be a dude who is pitching for you in the playoffs that much, but he's a guy that's going to help you get to the regular season and hopefully help you win the AOS like the Texas Rangers are trying to do this year. Uh, the other guy, Chris Stratton, 42 games pitched this season, 9.9 K per nine with 2.9 walks, uh, only 0.67 homers per nine, so he's not getting lit up a ton. Uh, the 3.05 FIP is something that stands out to you. So another arm in the bullpen, something that every yeah. team is going to need down the stretch. Uh, again, for agent at the end of the year, so he's a rental. Moving on to what St. Louis got back for those two arms, starting off with John King, who's he's he's in the trade. That's about it. 28-year-old left-handed reliever. He's been in the big leagues a few years. Not not great. So yeah. he, he's in there. Uh, Thomas Segizi, I like uh, a ton. He's only 21 years old and already in double A. He's going to be the number eight prospect for St. Louis. 93 games, 15 homers, eight stolen bases. A 512 slug is solid with a 133 WRC plus. Uh, the 50 hit tool and 50 power is something stand, that stands out for a guy who's likely going to be projected as a second baseman. In the big leagues. And then Takoa Roby, who's going to be the number four prospect in the St. Louis organization right now. Only 21 years old, uh, a starter in double-A. Ten games started this year with a 9.7K per nine. 2.3 walks per nine stands out to you pretty well. Uh, and a 5.5 ERA. Usually the that 9.7K per nine and 2.3 walks. You're going to be looking at a pretty solid ERA, but the 349 BABIP is what's getting them right now and leads to that. That 505 ERA, uh, 55 grade fastball changeup slider and curveball. So he's got pretty even stuff throughout his uh, repertoire, and he looks to be pretty solid. So for the Rangers, I give him a B plus. I like Montgomery and I like Stratton. 
And then when I look at St. Louis, I kind of feel the same way. So I gave, I gave them a B plus too. So mm-hmm. uh, an even trade on both sides, in my opinion, uh, and a good trade for both teams uh, as well too. Moving on to another Angels trade where they get CJ Crone and Randall Grichik for right-handed starter Jack Madden and left-handed starter Mason Albright. Yeah, the Angels, uh, another move for rentals. Crone rakes, obviously. Grichik used to rake, um, but it, I, it's, it's probably a throw-in for the money. They're going to get a B because, I, I again, we get it. We get it. The Angels are going all in, too. They see what Texas and Houston have been doing. They realize they're not too far out. They want to keep Shohei Otani. They're going to get some bats. They've had injuries in the lineup. Crone's a perfect fit. His brother played there. Um, so they're going to get a B. Colorado, uh, I think it's a very similar return in value, a, a B-graded value in, in return. But I'm going to give them an A- minus because their pitching is so horrible. Getting guys, I mean, they're not amazing, but Madden's going to be the 20th ranked. Albright's going to be the 21st ranked guys in the in the the system, sorry. And, you know, the only pitchers above them, Gabriel Hughes, first rounder from last year out of Gonzaga. So I love it for Colorado. For the Angels, I, I like this deal. I think uh, they get a couple of bats who are pretty solid starting off with CJ Crone. Only 57 games is played this year, so he's been hurt a little bit. The 11 homers is usually something that's it's a stat for CJ Crone. Only 5.7 walk rate and a 22% K rate this year isn't the greatest, leading to his 91 WRC plus and his negative war, actually. Uh, he is a free agent in 24, so it is a rental. Played in L.A. in the past, so maybe he gets back to what he was doing over there. Uh, Randall Grichik, I like a lot more. 65 games played this year with nine homers. Uh, again, kind of a guy like Crone where he doesn't walk a ton and strikes out a decent amount, but he's hitting 307 this year and has a 119 WRC plus with a .9 war, so he's been solid. One thing I don't like about Grichik here is that they played him in left field on Monday. I don't know where he's playing today. Uh, and the left field this year has a negative five WRC plus, or not WRC, Jesus, DR, defensive run saved. Uh, and right field, he's got a three DRS. So he's been a lot better fielder in right field this year. Uh, and Hunter Renfro, who they've been playing in right field, has actually not been a good right fielder this year. So uh, if you put Grichik in right field over Renfro, maybe it works out a little bit better. Uh, however, I don't think Renfro's played a lot of stuff other than right field, so it might be a little bit tough there. Both these guys are rentals, though. I give it a B for LA. Nothing too crazy, and I think the guys that you gave up aren't anything crazy as well, too. Starting off with Jake Madden, 21-year-old right-hander in low A. Uh, drafted in the fourth round of 2022, so he's kind of new to professional baseball. 64 innings pitched to 9.2 K per nine is okay, but he's walking a ton of you guys with a 5.5 walks per nine this year, leading to a 5.73 FIP. Uh, not a lot of control and not a lot of strikeouts in a low league, even though he does have a 60 grade fastball. I'm not a huge fan of him. Uh, Mason Albright, 20 year old left-handed starter. Also in low a, uh, a bit better than Jack Madden or Jake Madden. Sorry. Uh, 79 innings pitch, 9.7 K per nine, 2.3 walks per nine is solid. I like that. Uh, 3.62 ERA is solid. 50 grade stuff pretty much all around. Uh, again, the 20 and 21st ranked prospects in Colorado system as of right now. 
Not a huge fan of it. Uh, I know position players this year have kind of not been going for as much when you look at compared to starters and relievers. But I'm still giving it a C minus for Colorado. I'm not a huge fan of this deal for them. Moving on to a one for one deal. Aaron Savalier going to Tampa Bay for Kyle Manzardo. Pretty decent prospect. Yeah, I got this even all across the board. B plus both teams. Savalier, amazing season. Probably won't stay that way, but he's got a lot of control. So that kind of evens out uh, Manzardo, top prospect struggling a little bit, but I love it. I, I think Manzardo is going to be fine in Cleveland. They have a lot of young bats coming up over these next couple of years. And uh, I mean, Tampa Bay getting another great arm that they can play with. That's cool too. B plus. Yeah. Yeah. I'll start off with Savalier as well. 77 innings pitched this year. 6.8 K per nine kind of is what Savalier is. He doesn't walk a ton of guys, only 2.6 walks per nine this year. A lot of soft contact at 242 BABIP is, is what you'd like to see, leading to a 234 ERA and a 355 FIP. So solid stuff there, but he is outperforming. So expect stats by quite a bit. So maybe a bit of regression in the second half. He's a free agent in 2026. So about two and a half years of control there is something that you like to see. And that's why they were able to give up a prospect like Kyle Manzardo. Uh, who is the 37th ranked pro- prospect in all of them will be, according to Pipeline, will be number three in Cleveland system, soon to be number two once Gavin Williams is uh, graduated, which he should be here in the near future. Only 23 years old, left-handed hitting first baseman in AAA. He has 313 plate appearances this year with only 11 homers, uh, leading to a 93 WRC+. plus. So a bit of a down year for him. Last year in double A, though, he absolutely raked with a 148 WRC plus. Uh, the reason why he's been having a down year is because he's striking out a lot more and he's hitting a lot less extra base hits. Uh, however, the bat is something that's been gotten Manzardo to this point so far in his career, only 23 being in triple in A with a 60 grade hit and 50 grade power. Uh, I like this deal for both teams. I like it a little bit more for Cleveland uh, with the stuff they gave up and Stuff that they got. So for Tampa Bay, I give it a B minus. And for Cleveland, I give it a B plus. Moving on to the Seattle Mariners. Trading their closer, Paul Seawald, away to Arizona for Dominic Cansone, Josh Rojas, and Ryan Bliss. We know what Paul Seawald's going to do. He's a solid reliever. I think he's he's good with a B plus there. Um Seattle, though, I, I really like the return. They're going to get an A minus. Uh, their new number 13 prospect, Dom Canzone, little bit of time in the bigs. He's been all right, but he hit 350 in AAA. That's ridiculous. And the number 14 guy, I also want to talk about Ryan Bliss. This could be their new D Gordon. Tiny, extremely fast second baseman. Um, so we know Paul Seawold's going to be great, but great return for a reliever. Amazing. Yeah, started off with Paul Seawald, uh, 21 saves this year. Of course, he's been the closer in Seattle. 45 games pitched, 12.6K per nine is something that jumps off the page, especially with the walks per nine under three. Uh, FIP and ERA both below three as well, too. And they got him for a year and a half, not a free agent until 2025. So I like the deal for Arizona. I'm giving them an A, especially with how the back of their bullpen has been in, in games this year. I really like the deal for them of, is getting a guy who can lock it down for them. 
Uh, and then for what Seattle got back, I like it as well, too. Dom Canson starting off with him, 25-year-old, left-handed hitting outfielder, only 41 played appearances in the big leagues this year. Those all have been relatively recent when he just got called up. Uh, in AAA, though, he's been dominant. 304 played appearances, 16 homers with a 13% walk rate. Uh, 149 WRC plus is something that pops off the page in AAA. Uh, he's currently on the M's MLB roster, so we can expect him to be playing here, maybe even tonight in, in Seattle. Josh Rojas is an interesting one. He's had a terrible year, 216 plate appearances and no home runs, uh, 61 WRC plus with a negative war and a negative defensive run saved. Uh, but they traded for him because of the idea of what he did last year and being a 108 WRC plus hitter in 2022. Uh, which led to Colton Wong actually being DFA'd today. Uh, so Rojas will be with the club in Seattle. Uh, and then the last guy, Ryan Bliss, I like as well too. 23-year-old shortstop. He's been in double-A AA and triple-A this year. 12 homers and 30 stolen bases and a 162 WRC plus in double-A. This year in triple-A, kind of just got caught up there. Only 62 plate appearances, uh, only a 47 WRC plus, but maybe he's just getting adjusted. I like Bliss. I like Canzone. I think Rojas should be a bit better than Colton Wong, at least. So I give it a B for Seattle, but I just don't like the fact that they gave up their closer. Moving on to a guy who returns to the Cubs. Seems to be a big theme in trades this year, guys, returning to former teams that they've been on. It's Jammer Candelario for DJ Herds and Kevin Maid. Candelario's been solid. Uh, the Cubs definitely could have sold, and we would have been okay with it. But they're they're only a couple games out, so they're going to go for the division. It's not necessarily a tough one this season uh, with Cincinnati coming back to life. Um, but if you're going to do it, it's he's not the worst guy. He's had a great year. It's obviously a rental, and they didn't give up too much either. So they're going to get a B for getting Candelario. Washington's going to get a slightly higher B-plus grade. They're going to get their new number 16 prospect, shortstop Kevin Maid. Uh, he's now going into a full year of high A. And similarly, with the number 17 prospect, left-handed pitcher DJ Hers, going into a full year of double A. Both guys struggled when they first got called up, but now they're settling in. They look like they could be guys on their way to the bigs pretty soon, which is intriguing. So I'm going to say they win. Yeah, starting off with Jarmer Candelario has had a great year in Washington. 419 plate appearances, so he's been healthy throughout the year. 16 homers, 6 stolen bases, and 8.6 walk rate. Uh, 121 WRC Plus is very solid. The 3.1 war stands out a ton. Uh, one defensive run safe, so he's been about average on defense. He is a rental, so he will be a free agent next year. Uh, I give Chicago an A minus for this deal. I think they did a really good job of uh, acquiring a guy who can help them make the playoffs uh, in an NL Central that isn't. It's very competitive, but it might not be the hardest division to win in the big leagues. That's for sure. Uh, moving on to Washington, I'll start this off with I graded this really highly because I am a big fan of when teams can sign a guy to a one year deal flip him and get good stuff back uh, that will help their franchise yeah. out in the future. And I think Washington did a great job with Candelario this year. I'll start off with DJ Hurst, who is the 17th ranked prospect in Washington system. He's a 22 year old left-handed starter in double a 59 innings pitched this year with a 12.2 K per nine. Uh, 
ERA and FIP both below four, so he's been solid. He has a 65 grade changeup, which is his his big pitch, I guess. So solid stuff there. Kevin made 16th ranked prospects, so one higher than hers. 20 year old shortstop in high A. 300 plate appearances, only three home runs. However, that's not his calling. It's his defense that is his calling. He's a 65-grade arm and a 60-grade field, according to Pipeline. I give Washington an A for this trade. I might not be in love with the prospects, but again, I'm in love with the idea of doing what they did here, uh, and I give it a may. Moving on to Mark Canna, going over to Milwaukee for Justin Jarvis, who will be the 13th-ranked prospect in the Mets system. Yeah, so uh, once again, I'm going to give it a, an even B- minus across the board here. Mark Hanna has been struggling a lot, but like we talked about, sometimes Milwaukee just needs a fourth outfielder, and this is not the worst option. I mean, <laughs> they could have got Kike Hernandez. So <laughs> I know, hilarious, right? But Justin Jarvis, number 13, like you said, um, even trade here with the B minus because he's another guy who has never really had a, a great full season of professional baseball, but he strikes out so many guys. There's a good chance he eventually figures it out. I like it for both sides. Yeah. Uh, I'll start off with Mark Canna, 303 plate appearances this year with six homer, seven stolen bases and the Mark Canna over 10% walk rate. Uh, the 107 WRC plus and 0.6 war are things that, Maybe aren't the best for Marcana, but he's still been an above average player. The five defensive runs saved is something that's been good for him as well, too. I like the steal from Milwaukee, especially for what they gave up. So I give him an A. Uh, and then he will be a free agent, I believe, in 2025. Uh, moving on to Justin Jarvis, uh, 13th ranked prospect for the Mets. He's a 23-year-old starter who is in, currently in AAA. It's been most of the year in AA, though, so he just came up to AAA a couple starts ago. Hasn't been the greatest in AAA, but in AA this year, 75 innings pitched, 10.8K per nine, 3.1 walk per nine with the 3.33 ERA. Decent deal for the Mets. I give it a B, but the A for Milwaukee is what I like uh, a ton in getting Cannon back, who's a valuable guy on both sides of the ball. Moving on to Toronto. Adding a shortstop uh, when perhaps they were a bit scared with what happened with Bo Bichette yesterday. Bobachet did get an MRI on his knee. He ended up being fine, no structural damage, so maybe just a short IL stint or maybe not even. Uh, but they go out and get Paul DeJong for Matt Svonson. Very interesting <laughs> name going back to uh, St. Louis. I like Paul DeJong a lot. Toronto's going to get a B for me. It does seem like one of those things that it, it just happened to be on the day of the deadline that they needed to get a shortstop, that they they weren't like you know planning this one out. But he, he's a guy who hits 20 homers every single season. He's solid at shortstop. Bo Bichette's going to be out at least for another week. I mean, I, I imagine he hits the IL, but they say they're still waiting. And I'm not too worried about the return. Uh, Sponson, 24-year-old in, in high A, last time I checked, he's going to get a C-plus for now uh, because the trajectory is uh, is still really far out for a 24-year-old. Yeah. I'll start off with Paul Young. 306 plate appearances this year after coming up a little bit later into the season. Uh, 13 homers, 7% walk rate, and a 28% K rate. So he's been a lot of a lot of swing and miss, but a decent amount of homers. The 96 WRC plus is right around average. 
and he has zero defensive run saves. So he's right around average on defense as well, too. So I gave it the most average grade I could with a C. Uh, St. Louis's side, it's interesting here. Uh, Matt Swanson isn't ranked. I couldn't find any grades for him on Fangraphs or Pipeline, which is usually means he's a nobody. 24-year-old reliever, right-hander in high A this year, to only 29 innings pitched, but an 11.1K per nine. 3.4 walks per nine and a 1.23 year a maybe St. Louis saw something in this guy where they can kind of rush him up to the big leagues. Cause I don't really think that if you look at career trajectory as a 24 yeah. year old in high, a, that really makes a ton of sense. Uh, Paul Jong of course didn't have a ton of value. So it's not like, you know, they're going to get some crazy good prospect out of this guy. Uh, I give him a C for St. Louis. Cause I, I trust their intuition in that they had something in this guy that we just don't know yet. Uh, so I give both these teams a C. I really think it's a wash. Nothing too crazy. Next up is the oldest player traded at the deadline. It's Rich Hill, uh, as well as G-Man Choi heading over to San Diego for Jackson Wolf, Estuar Suero, and Alfonso Rivas. So we'll start off with San Diego. I have a feeling that this season they felt like they had the perfect complete roster, and it just wasn't true. So uh, this is making up for it. Rich Hill is, is still a solid arm. He will give you five of the hardest innings you will work for. And G-Man Choi is all right. He'll be fine off the bench. Um, so they're going to get a C plus because I don't see either returning or making a significant uh, push for the playoffs. But I, I'm interested in Jackson Wolf. Uh, Pittsburgh is getting the left-hander. He's going to be their number 17 prospect. I don't care about the others. Uh, they're going to get a B minus because they got one of the top left-handed prospects available and uh, trading a 40-year-old left-handed Rich Hill for him, that's that's fine with me. Yeah, I'll, I'll start off with Rich Hill and what the Pirates did. Uh, 119 innings pitched, 7.9K per nine, 3.6 walks per nine, a 4.76 ERA with a 1.1 war this year. Pretty average for Rich Hill. Uh, so he moves into like a five-spot guy, maybe even four... Probably five though for, for, for San Diego. G-Man Choi, only 76 plate appearances in 2023, but six homers, uh, one defensive run saved and 87 WRC plus. Both these guys are going to be free agents in 2024. Maybe Rich Hill continues to play. I don't know, but G-Man Choi, nothing more than a rotational platoon guy, I would say. So I give San Diego a C plus. I don't really see a, a ton of upside with these guys, uh, but I also don't see a ton of, you know, striking downside either starting off with jackson wolf though for the the pirates uh only one game started in the big leagues this year so he does have that mlb debut under him uh pitched a lot in double a this year has not pitched at all in triple a about 18 games started in double a 88 innings pitched 10.7 k per nine with only a 2.2 walks per nine that's something i really like He's and a bit under four is something i like i like jackson wolf a ton uh, Estuar Suero is interesting. He is the number 16 prospect in the Padres system. Uh, when I was looking at it, cause they didn't have it updated to the pirates, according to fan graphs, I did not see him at all in pipeline. Uh, and that's probably because he's super, super young. He's a 17 year old switch hitting outfielder in the complex league in Arizona this year. He is six, five has 120 plate appearances with only four homers and seven stolen bases this year, a two sixteen average. Uh, 63 WRC plus 
And it makes a lot of sense on why he has a 216 average because he has 60 grade raw power and 60 grade speed. So Keon Broxton, I think that's what we got here. If yeah. he ends up being anything, that is. Alfonso uh, Rivas, not much. I mean, he's just kind of a throw in. 154 WRC plus in AAA, though, is something that's kind of cool. He's had big league time in three parts of MLB seasons, 21 and 22 in Chicago with the Cubs and 23. I believe he has like 15 to 20 plate appearances with the Padres. So uh, I like what Pittsburgh did again, signing a few guys and getting them out within a year uh, and getting some stuff back. So I give Pittsburgh a B, Padres a C plus. Moving on to our second blockbuster, Justin Verlander heads back to Houston for the number one ranked prospect in Houston system, Drew Gilbert, and the number four ranked prospect, Ryan Clifford. This was my only A-plus of the deadline, Justin Verlander going back to Houston. This is the kind of deal that gets you back to the World Series. I hate to say it as an A's fan, but this is the the thing. Everybody, every team who's trying to go back-to-back looks back and goes, ah, man, if only we kept that one guy. And they did it. They kept Justin Verlander. Um, he's obviously a lot older than than he was in his prime. Uh, he obviously throws a little softer than he did throwing, you know, 102 into the eighth inning or whatever that foolish baseball video was. But it's solid. I also like the return for the Mets. I'm going to give him an A. Drew Gilbert, Ryan Clifford, absolutely mash. Gilbert has a little more potential is what I've heard. I'm not a, you know, Astros uh, prospect uh, thesaurus or anything like that. This is just just based on what I've heard. But the Houston return is better. I always take the arm over the over the minor league hitters, and uh, that's what I'm going with here. Starting off with the Verlander side in Houston, uh, he's been solid this year. Not the highest level of Justin Verlander that we've seen in the past, but 94 innings pitched, 7.7 K per nine with a 3.15 ERA and a 1.7 war. He's not a free agent until 2026, so he's going to be under contract for a few years in Houston at least. Uh, I give that an A-. minus. The only reason why it wasn't higher is because he could have signed this guy in the offseason and he wouldn't have had to give That's up, true. you know, two of your highest prospects. But they don't so, care about Drew Gilbert. Uh, they will care about Ryan Clifford, though, when he starts to mash, and uh, then Houston doesn't have as much as a future. Uh, but I'll start off with Drew Gilbert, Sorry. who was the number one ranked guy in Houston, no, MLB's number 68 guy, uh, 22-year-old left-handed hitting outfielder in double-A this year. I believe he was drafted last year. I know he was out of Tennessee, but I forget if it was last year or the year before that, that he was drafted. Uh, 264 plate appearances, only six homers and six stolen bases with a 92 WRC plus. Uh, but he's still a solid prospect ranked at 55 overall right now, which is good. Uh, and the number four in Houston, I'm not sure where he's going to be ranked in the, uh, in New York is going to be Ryan Clifford. He's a 20 year old left-handed hitting outfielder slash first baseman in high a this year. He has 250 plate appearances, 16 home runs, a 547 slugging percentage that jumps off the page, and a 138 WRC plus with 55 grade power. I like Clifford a lot, and that's why I have the Mets also at an A minus. Next up, a rental starter trade. Michael Lorenzen heads to Philly for how you lead. I love it, man. Lorenzen's obviously not having his best season, but he's still an all star. It, it's still another guy Philly really needed. They're going to get a B plus. I still like how you Lee. He's going to get a B. He has uh, some good hit tools, been 
been putting up numbers and and high A and up. So uh, if he has been, I don't think he has been promoted yet. Actually, so he's they're going to get a B. I'll start off with Michael Lorenzen. I like this deal. Uh, 105 innings pitch, 7K per nine, 2.3 walks per nine, not a lot of hard contact, 264 BABIP. Uh, ERA and FIP are both below four. 1.6 WAR this year was an All Star this year, maybe a Mickey Mouse All Star because they had to have a representative in Detroit. Uh, but I like the deal for Philly. Uh, is a free agent in 2024, so he's a rental. But I give it a B plus. Uh, again, another guy who isn't going to be, you know, the one or two starter for you in the playoffs. But he's going to help you get to the regular season and hopefully help you clinch a postseason spot in Philly. Uh, and then how you Lee, who will be the number six prospect in Detroit. He's a 20-year-old right-handed hitting second baseman in high A so far this year. Uh, 285 plate appearances, five homers, 14 stolen bases, and a 115 nice. WRC plus. 55 grade hit tools, pretty solid as well too. So I like the deal for for Detroit. I think we see this across the board this year, where pitchers are getting more uh, than we are seeing for position players, which I think is interesting. But I give it a B plus for Detroit. So an even trade on both sides, I will say. But a, a good trade for both teams. Moving on to the one that kind of shocked us a little bit uh, and has a bit of a funny thing to it when, when you think about the guys who got traded here. It's Jake, it's Berger for Eater. How about that? Uh, Jake Berger heads to Miami for the number six prospect who was in Miami system, Jake Eater, who's coming off of Cy Young, or not Cy Young, uh, Tommy John this year. Yeah, another one I really liked, pretty even. Jake Berger uh, is going to get a B in Miami because he's been raking this year and has control, too. I don't think he's a free agent until 26? 29. 29. Oh, my. So good for Miami. We know their plan. They don't have the hitters in their system, so they're they're trying to flip them. So they flipped the number four prospect, the left-handed pitcher, Jake Ader. Uh, The White Sox are going to get a B plus. He seems like he should be a, a solid guy. Yeah. Uh, I'll start off with Berger. 325 plate appearances this year with 25 homers. A 527 slug is something that you got to love if you're Miami, especially with the lack of power that you have in your lineup this year besides Jorge Soler. 115 WRC plus assault with a 1.4 war. Got to find a, sp- a way to DH him or something because he got a negative four DRS this year. Uh, and with Segura now being gone, we'll see what they decide to do at third base. Uh, Arb starts in 2026, so he's not going to be a free agent uh, until 2029, I think. Uh, so good job for Miami there. I give him a B plus. He's going to be a power bat in the lineup, likely for years to come. Uh, and then Jake Eater, like I said, he was the number six ranked prospect in Miami, according to Fangraphs. He's 24 years old and he's only in double A. However, that's because he's coming off of Tommy John. Like I mentioned, uh, 29 innings pitched only this year. He's just now kind of starting to get back into it. The 11.5 K per nine is something that you got to like the walks at five right now is a little rough, but again, coming back from Tommy John, uh, 3.94 ERA, not going to mean too much to me. Uh, but this guy's a stud when he's healthy and he was really, really good in 2021 before he had Tommy John, uh, and was on pace to be in the big leagues probably last year if he didn't get hurt. So, uh, as of right now, I don't know if he's going to be the same guy. So I give it a B. Uh, I like the deal for Miami a bit more because I think they are, you know, okay giving up uh, yeah. t- a starter because they have a ton of guys like that. So uh, B plus for Miami 
and a B for the White Sox. Same. Next up is Tommy Pham for Air- to Arizona for Jeremy Rodriguez, a left-handed hitting shortstop in the Dominican Summer League, only 17 years old. Love it for Arizona. Tommy Pham, slow start, been mashing. It's exactly what they need. They're going to get a B. The Mets, B plus, a little higher. Again, I, I've never watched Jeremy Rodriguez play, but what I've heard from guys I trust on Twitter is that he has a beautiful left-handed swing and he's only 17. I love it for the Mets. They weren't going to use Tommy Pham past this year. Yeah. Starting off with Tommy Pham going to Arizona. I like this a ton. 264 plate appearances this year, 10 homers, 11 stolen bases, the 127 WRC plus 1.7 war is amazing as well too. He's a free agent after the season, so he is a rental. However, it's the highest grade that I give out. It's an A-plus for Arizona. I'm a huge fan of this, especially for the guy that they gave up. Uh, Jeremy Rodriguez, 32-ranked Diamondbacks prospect uh, coming into today. Off of fan graphs, I didn't see him at all on pipeline, but maybe that was just glitching. Uh, 17-year-old left-handed hitting shortstop in the Dominican Summer League, like I said, 106 WRC plus and 140 plate appearances this year. I I'm okay with the Mets trading for a few guys that are this young, but I do not like trading for this many guys that are this young because they're not going to be around for a long time. And there's a good chance that these guys don't turn into nobody. Obviously there is a chance that they turn into studs and all stars and, you know, Uh, franchise alterate altering type players. I don't think Rodriguez is one of those guys. Uh, and I don't like how they did this because you got to perform in New York or else you're going to be out. So I give the Mets a D for this one. This is the lowest grade I oh. I think I give throughout the entire thing. Okay. Next one, Jack Flaherty heading over to Baltimore for two prospects. Number 16, Cesar Prito and number 18, Drew Rahm. Yeah, uh, I love this one. Flaherty, they're going to get an A. Uh, not Obviously, you know, Cease and Stroman would have been the guy if they were available. They were not. Flaherty's a little up and down. But if you're Baltimore, you have to come out of this deadline with an arm. And they got a top-end guy. St. Louis, yeah. only want to talk about one guy, Cesar Prito, the number 16. Uh, he hit 350, very high walk rate. Very low K rate. He's been playing a bunch of double A and triple A. They're going to get a B for that return because he's going to be a major leaguer. Yeah. Uh, I like this trade for both teams. I'll start off with that. Jack Flaherty, 109 innings pitched, 8.7 K per nine is decent. The 4.4 walks per nine isn't good, but it's been better recently than it was in the start of the season. So I'm not really going to look at that 4.9 and 4.4 and be too concerned. 4.4 ERA and 4.25 this year are both decent numbers. 1.5 war means he's been pretty good. Uh, free agent after this year, so he is a uh, rental, but kind of more of a leader type thing that you're going to have in the clubhouse. Again, I'm not really too sure how the Orioles want to use him as far as is he a two, is he a three, So you got the back of your rotation. What do you want to do with him? I think that'll be figured out in the second half of the season. So I give Baltimore B for that. Uh, Cesar Prito, I like that one a lot. 24-year-old left-handed hitting infielder who's currently in AAA. He's played in AA and AAA this year. AA, a 143 WRC+. So that's amazing. This year in AAA, 115 plate appearances, two home runs, and 106 
WRC plus 50 grade hit tool is something that stands out for him. Should be in the big leagues, maybe even by the end of the year for St. Louis. Drew Rum, 18th ranked prospect in Baltimore system, 23-year-old left-handed starter in AAA this year, 86 innings pitched, 10.5K per nine, a walk per nine just under five. I'm not a huge fan of, and the ERA above five as well, too. His slider is his thing, a 55-grade slider. I think if you're St. Louis as well, too, just because these guys are ranked 16 and 18 within Baltimore's system does not mean they will be ranked 16 and 18 in your system. Yeah, yeah. Baltimore's deep. I would expect these guys to probably be maybe high single digits, probably 9 and 11 or something like that in St. Louis's system. So I give them a B plus. I like to deal for them. Three more trades. Maybe, yeah, three more. Almost yeah. at four. But uh, starting off with the kind of an interesting one between the two teams in Pennsylvania, it's Bailey Falter heading to Pittsburgh for Rodolfo Castro. What do you think of this one, Skyler? Uh, also very interesting. It shouldn't be this interesting, but hey, look at Pittsburgh. Jackson Wolf's not ready, man. They need another lefty. Here's Bailey Falter. Great last year, not great this year. It's it's still possible because the Pirates are still kind of not going for the division, but they're still in the race. And they want to stay competitive now, I feel like, for the future. So they're going to get a B- minus for getting the the desperately needed arm. And I also like Rodolfo going to Philly. They could use a utility guy, sure. So they also are going to get a B-. minus. Yeah. I'll start off with Bailey Falter heading over to Pittsburgh. 87 total innings pitched in 2023. Uh, 40 of those have come in the MLB. The 6.25 K per nine isn't anything crazy, but he's not walking really anybody. Just a 1.8 walks per nine, uh, 5.13 ERA isn't great, but he's still got a 0.5 WAR, so he's been better than average uh, for you know the 40 innings that he's pitched this year, and he's got a lot of control. He'll be around until 2028 as far as when he becomes a free agent. So I give it a B minus for Pittsburgh. I think it's a decent trade, nothing too crazy. Uh, and then Rodolfo Castro. 224 played appearances this year in the big leagues, six homers, 228 average with an 85 WRC plus, uh, negative 0.3 war. So he's just slightly below average. He has a negative three defensive runs saved, but a lot of those have came at shortstop. So three defensive runs saved at second base. He's solid there. I think that's probably most likely where he will play. Uh, so I'd like to trade a little bit more. For Philly, I guess he's not going to be a free agent until 2029. I don't think that's going to be you know, some crazy thing anyways, uh, but a B for Philly and a B minus for Pittsburgh, a decent trade yeah. addressing some smaller needs for both the teams. Second to last one here. Uh, and these last two will be both involving Miami. It's going to be Josh Bell heading to South beach for Gene Segura and Khalil Watson, Gene Segura will actually technically not be a part of this trade. I mean, I guess he is, but he will be released by Cleveland, so we won't have to really talk about him and his abysmal season that he's stuff. been having. Yeah. Uh, but fair enough. What do you think of this one, Sky? Yeah, Josh Bell is going to get a B minus because I, I still think he's a great player, but the contract compared to what he did this season in Cleveland hasn't been very good. So Khalil Watson's going to be a B plus. We all know Khalil Watson. He's going to play in the big leagues. So they're going to get a higher rating. I mean, I, again, I, I'm not going to tell you uh, everything that's going to happen in the future. We don't know. It's impossible. But, but I feel like Khalil Watson is, uh, is a pretty safe name to be getting here for uh, a contract dump trade. Yeah. 
I'll start off with uh, Josh Bell, who's played the entire season, 393 plate appearances, 11 home runs, 95 WRC plus, been worse than what he usually is on the offensive side of the ball. It's his first season slugging under 400, except for 2020, which really isn't much of a season anyways. Uh, his contract goes through next year, so he'll be in Miami unless he gets traded or waived or whatever through 2024. Uh Decent for Miami, I guess. C plus, nothing too crazy there. Uh, and then Gene Segura will be released, so I don't have anything on him. Yeah. Khalil Watson's an interesting one. He was a first round pick a couple years ago. He's Miami's number eight ranked prospect according to Fangraphs. I don't know what he is on Pipeline. Twenty uh, year old left handed hitting shortstop in High A. Uh, he has had some discipline issues, uh, but when it comes to talent, he's got a lot of stuff with him. Uh, Two forty three plate appearances this year, seven homers, fourteen stolen bases, a one hundred four WRC plus. So maybe starting to work through some things. Yeah. Uh, the fourteen point four percent walk rate is something that you like, but again, in those lower A or not lower A, but high A, low A, some of those lower systems you're going to see those higher walk rates for those people just because there's less strikes thrown 28 percent k rate is not something i'm a huge fan of but maybe miami was working on him to try to tap into that 60 grade raw power that he has uh with you know swinging a bit harder or you know focusing more on trying to hit the ball at the ballpark uh, he does also have 60 grade speed according to fan graphs i think this is a decent trade for cleveland i understand the cap dump a bit with josh bell uh, I think Khalil Watson could be something if everything goes right. Uh, and now you have a shortstop opening a bit in the near future with um, Ed Rosario not being there in Cleveland anymore. So I give him a B plus. Yeah. Uh, decent job. I think Miami should probably end up having a decent way in this trade as well, too, because Josh Bell, I assume, will probably pick it up. I don't think he's going to stay this below league average hitter. Uh, especially at that premium position uh, at first base for being a hitter. So uh, decent trade for both sides. I think Cleveland comes out a little bit higher, though. And then the last one that I think broke act- actually after the deadline hit, but was mm-hmm. put in by the league or the teams, whatever it was, prior to the deadline, of course. Uh, it's Garrett Cooper and Sean Reynolds heading over to San Diego for pitching, not prospect, but player, uh ryan weathers interesting one here uh garrett cooper pretty good but is also a rental so that that's why it's uh it's not crazy value here we're gonna have garrett cooper with the b minus this is the guy we talked about g-man choice not going to get much burn even as a utility or dh guy because garrett cooper's there he can play every day if he if he has to uh and ryan weathers is you know, former top prospect, but he just hasn't thrown a lot of innings. It's going to be a C plus for now. Uh, but obviously Miami getting their hands on a, you know, former top pitching prospect, watch out. So even though it's a C plus, I'm not saying that San Diego necessarily destroyed this trade by being one, one point higher, the B minus to the C plus. Yeah. Uh, starting off with Garrett Cooper, 324 plate appearances this year, the 13 homers, 97 WRC plus with the war of 0.3 been right around league average so you're not going to get anything crazy out of him uh sean reynolds who was the 22nd ranked miami prospect according to Fangraphs, is a 25 year old left-handed reliever who's been in triple a this year only 18 innings pitched the 8.5 k per nine is nothing crazy same thing with the 3.5 walks per nine 
And same thing with 3.5 ERA this year. So whatever, I give it a B for my or for San Diego. And then Ryan Weathers uh, is an interesting one. Uh, he was a top prospect a couple years ago. Maybe got rushed into the MLB a little bit too quickly yeah, in San probably. Diego. They have tended to do that a few times in their past. Uh, this year, though, he's pitched in 12 games. Ten of them have been starts. 44 innings pitched, only a 5.8K per nine, which is really low, a 3.4 walks per nine. 6.25 ERA and 5.8 FIP are not good numbers. However, he's underperforming his expected stats, so maybe a bit better of a second half for him. Uh, I don't think you're giving up much, really, if you're Miami, because you get a guy like Josh Bell back in the trade that we just mentioned. So I give it a B for both sides. I think they both did decent. Weathers, I think, probably has the highest ceiling in this this trade. Also, with Garrett Cooper being a rental, like you talked about, you're not going to have a lot of long-term value with him for San Diego. Uh, I I see this trade being very, very mid for both sides. Very low-key. Yeah. But that's going to do it. (laughs) 26 trades, probably our longest episode we've had in a long time the longest i've been preparing for an episode in a long time yeah. about five hours worth of notes which was kind of crazy but it was a lot of fun i enjoy doing this stuff so great work man i would do it all again next Me year too. next, next week for the all in-depth <laughs> nfl no 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 we're not we got there four yet. weeks for that Four week, three, three, four weeks something like that probably yeah, yeah. let me let me see when our our time actually matches up for that all right Thursday, September 7th is the first game of the season. September 5th will be our episode. So that works pretty well there. Awesome. But yeah, any uh, uh, last week's bets, we could talk about that uh, before we go. Uh, Bad week for for me and Skyler on the layups layup line. We both went over two. We won't get into those. Uh, I had Otani does get traded. Of course, the next day, the Angels say they do will not be trading him. I don't know if that's the right decision by them, but uh, yeah. hey, you do you. Artie Moreno, Skyler had Otani, Soto, Jason Dominguez, and Stroman all do not get traded. Things ended up sorting out pretty well for Skyler. None of those guys did get traded. The Yankees practically did fucking nothing at the deadline, which Decent is hilarious. Deadline for me. Uh, Stroman <laughs> and the Cubs ended up being slight buyers, and then Otani and Soto, two of the biggest guys that could have possibly gotten moved. Did not get moved. So I kind of uh, figured it would be a more mid, like you said, yeah. deadline. I graded it a four out of ten. So sure. Like, I'll go five and a half. Biggest things that we got traded were two like 38-year-old starters. <laughs> Granted, those two dudes are gonna be Hall of Famers. Yeah. But like fuck, man. I think remember it for Immaculate Grid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe uh What's the, the dude that the Mets traded for that shortstop? Marco Vargas. Rodriguez. Turns into something. Ronald Hernandez. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jackson Wolf's my guy. He can be your guy. You can have him. <laughs> but yeah, one last note. If uh, you're jonesing for some football, I know Kyle isn't, but the Hall of Fame game, Jets-Browns, Thursday night, we got Zach Wilson, Chris Streveler against Kellen Mond and DTR. Who wouldn't miss that one? Who would miss that one? 
You're one of a kind, Scott. Some, something like that. It's uh, we've been talking for a long time. That's been 151. You got any closing remarks? Uh, Anthony Santander just went yard. That's my guy. I was, my fantasy team is going ham right now. Did we miss one? No, we did not miss one. But uh, my fantasy team. Congratulations. Yeah, we're going ham together. All right. Well, ham, we'll be back. Ham, ham. I wish you could smell what I'm smelling. Mm, 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 you bite mm. the fry, the fry bites back. Oh, man. Damn, damn, damn. Go see Oppenheimer. Listen to Utopia. And R.I.P. Angus Cloud. Angus Cloud. Respect. I think. We'll see you next week.